Here we find ourselves in the middle of the week. I don't know the circumstances that life has thrown your way today, but I can say this, it is not in vain. You are not wasting your time in the service of the King. We'll take our study today from Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to answer that question. Did I waste my time? I hope you'll join me there in just a little while. Before we do that, though, I'd like to make mention of this. I have asked for, and you folks have delivered, some amazing gospel tract stories. Some have even been featured on this particular program. But let me say again, if you have a personal testimony of how God has used Bible tracts in your life or in the life of an acquaintance, I would love to hear about it. The announcer at the conclusion of the program will tell us how you can contact us and let us know your tract stories. As we jump into the tract highlight, I'd like to reiterate that you can get this particular track called Two Kinds of Death on our website, BibleTracksInc.org. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you, hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Question today is this, have you been quickened? Not when do you join a church or turn over a new leaf or take communion or even try to do better, but when were you born again? If you haven't been, then you are dead. That's the introduction to this particular track, Two Kinds of Death, written by our founder, Evangelist Paul Levine. I'd love to send you some of this track. It's an excellent way to leave a track, to leave a gospel representative embodied in this little piece of paper for those that come behind you. We mentioned yesterday the multiple readability of a gospel track, and I'd love for you to use this particular track in your daily Christian walk. Now, why should you use a track like the one that I just referenced? If you would, I'd like you to join me for another dive into tracked history. A young man, he was 16 years old. His name was James. He said this, the best thing that I can do is enjoy the pleasures of this world for there is no hope for me beyond the grave. Now, my prayer is that that does not ring true for you because everything about that statement is completely spiritually false. But this is what that 16-year-old young man named James thought. Although he had, James had been raised in a devout Methodist home, he was frustrated by his growing feelings of doubt about God. He had done his best to try to make himself a Christian by doing the right things and associating with the right people, and he had failed. For some reason, he concluded, I cannot be saved. But one afternoon, James found a gospel tract on a bookshelf in his home. While reading through the track, he was struck by a particular phrase in that track that said this, the finished work of Christ. Now remember this young man, 16 years old, he thought, what does that mean? In a moment, he remembered something from his religious training of his younger years, a verse, 1 John 2, 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. He thought to himself this, if the whole work was finished and the whole debt paid, what is there left for me to do? Years later, 
James penned these words about that moment of truth. He said, with this particular thought dawned the joyful conviction that there was nothing in the world to be done but to accept this Savior and his salvation. It was not long after this eternal decision that James, or otherwise known as James Hudson Taylor, now heralded, and rightly so, as one of the pioneer missionaries of the entire 19th century, received his call from God to take this same gospel of grace to the nation of China. God's heart for missions explains why he has so often used gospel tracts not only to carry the good news to foreign lands, but also to motivate men and women to become the messengers. That short story was an excerpt from an article written by Perry C. Brown, a tract editor for the American Tract Society in Garland, Texas, and it's titled, God Uses Gospel Tracts, and praise God that he does. Why should you partner with BTI? I don't mean in a financial way, though. If God leads you that way, fantastic. We would absolutely love for you to be a part of our ministry. But why should you partner with Bible Tracks Incorporated for the purposes of seeing lost people saved? Well, because it is the Great Commission. Our goal at Bible Tracks is not to accrue wealth unto ourselves. It's not for some fame or infamy. It's not for some sort of influence that we can leverage over other ministries, not by any stretch of the imagination. For 80-something years, from the time of our founder, Evangelist Paul Levine in 1938, through the great directors and the board of directors that have uh, steadied this ship onward, and through my predecessor, Mark Smith, now pastoring in Pennsylvania, through 80-something years, our goal has been to give the gospel to all the world free of charge. I hope you'll consider partnering with us in some way, even if it's by using some of our materials, some of our products produced right here in Bloomington, Illinois at Bible Tracks Incorporated. We'd absolutely love to have you be a part Now, as we turn our attention to the Bible study, I'd ask you to find your Bible. I hope you have it somewhere nearby. If you don't have your actual leather-bound, white paper Bible nearby, maybe you have a smartphone app on your phone there. Maybe you have a Bible app that you can open up and turn to the book of Galatians. We've been continuing our study. We are on the downward side. Galatians 4, 5, and 6. We're almost there. We're about halfway through the chapter 4 of the book of Galatians. I'd ask you to join me. Galatians chapter number 4. I hope you are there as well. Galatians 4, verse number 11. We'll read a few verses here if you join me. Here's what Paul says. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, he says, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. Ye know how, through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despise not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus." Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear ye record that 
if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. In this particular section of verses, we have every leader's conundrum at some point, whether it be an employer, whether it be the owner of a business, maybe talking about a pastor, maybe sometimes a mom or a dad. This conundrum, this question, am I wasting my time? Should I have found another calling? Maybe a question like this, why God did you call me to these people? But in this section of verses as well, we see the proper response. Paul details how, as a leader, to handle this sort of defection, this betrayal of time, effort, and energy. He asked the question there in verse number 11, am I wasting my time? Verse 11, he says, I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Am I wasting my effort? Am I wasting my energy, my time? But Paul later on says this, verse 12, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Meaning, Paul, at a previous time in his life, had been exactly where the Galatians were, in exactly their same shoes, so tossed about, trying to decide between law and liberty. But he says, ye have not injured me at all. I'm not taking this slight personally. I'm not taking this crisis of faith personally, friends. I want to help you. Verse 13, you know how, through infirmity of the flesh, I preach the gospel unto you, at the first. Paul is trying on a personal level to remind these Galatians of the relationship that they once had. Verse 14, in my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despise not. Paul mentions, Paul talks many times about the infirmity of the flesh, and we actually, one of the reasons why we believe it could have been an issue with his eyesight or an issue with Paul's eyes is because he says later on in verse number 15 that if it had been possible, you would have taken out your eyes and given them to me if that was humanly or medically possible. But here in verse number 14, my temptation which was in my flesh, ye despise not. I don't know if this issue of Paul's eyes caused him to to look a little bit different, caused him uh, to have a visible disability of some kind. But Paul says that you didn't look askance at me. You didn't think any less of me. You were kind to me. You didn't reject me, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. You folks treated me so very kindly. But yet now... He brings to their attention that you are falling away. You're making a decision to follow the legalists, the Judaizers, those that would add some works to the faith in Christ. You see, we need nothing else besides the faith and great faith in Christ and the grace of God. Verse number 15. Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record. That, if it had been possible, as I referenced before, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And then here, a powerful, powerful thought. Verse 16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Can I tell you, friends, that there will come times that you will be doing your best. You will be leading. 
maybe not even leading visibly, leading from the front, but you will be a part of a group of people and you will be labeled an enemy simply because you speak truth. We see this in the public square time after time. It happens in churches too. It happens in families. It happens in groups of friends. Someone speaks the truth. And I'm not talking about the attitude or the disposition with which they speak truth. I'm just talking about the fact that truth is spoken, but people won't accept it. You become the enemy. Paul asks the question, remember our personal relationship the friends that we are, realize that we have this close-knit bond. I was your father in the faith, if you want to call it that. And yet, am I going to become the enemy? Am I wasting my time? We'll continue with verse 17 and after tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for the Thursday edition of the broadcast. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.